Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It is Thursday, June 29th. One of the things we are looking at today in Playbook is we got an early look at the Sabato's crystal ball from the University of Virginia Center for Politics. And there's quite a bit in here. You're going to have to read Playbook to find out. All right. This is a multimedia experience around here. The thing that we found kind of the most interesting is some of these swing states. So one thing that they found in these ratings is that Pennsylvania leans Democratic at this point and is not a toss-up, which is surprising, I think, to a lot of people. Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, they say, seem like fairly clear-cut toss-ups, given how close they were in 2020. And in 2020, I will say their ratings were pretty accurate outside of North Carolina. So you want to pay attention to some of these. And as they were digging into this, they were thinking about what we're all thinking, that it's likely Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. There's a lot of time, a lot can happen, which they also say. But the polls and everything else tell us that that's the matchup we're going to see. If these things hold true, it also seems that there's not a huge edge that both of these parties don't start with 270. So we're still in a country where there's still a few states, a few tens of thousands of people in those states that can make a big old difference. And one of the things making a big old difference today, later today, just in a few hours, is the Supreme Court cases. We are supposed to get some big decisions. And joining me to discuss the remaining big Supreme Court cases in this term is the one and only best friend of the pod, senior legal affairs reporter at Politico, Josh Gerstein. Josh, good morning. Thank you so much for joining. Hey, Eugene. Good to be with you on what could be a momentous day. I was going to say you have a big day possibly ahead of you. The last time we talked, you and the folks covering these cases for Politico had kind of zeroed in on four big, big cases, right, that can kind of shake the political, legal, and cultural world. We have one of those out, three are left. So quickly talk to me about those three cases that you're really keeping your eye on. Well, number one on the list is affirmative action in higher education. I put it at the top of the list just because it's been a fight at the Supreme Court for decades. I would say probably going back 50 years, but certainly intensely over the last 20 years. And this really looks like it could be the case. In fact, it's a pair of cases that finally brings an end to the use of race-conscious admissions policies at universities. It could hit both public universities and private universities. One case focuses on public, UNC, the other private on Harvard. And people may remember these cases were bought by a group that at least purports to be Asian American applicants who say that they are discriminated by the current process. So that's the sort of biggest policy one. The next on the list, just in terms of the sheer number of people affected, I would say is the Biden student loan debt forgiveness plan, which the Supreme Court is deciding uh, whether that's a proper exercise of executive power. It's a little bit sort of a weird thing that the Biden administration is hooking this to, which is they're saying that this is a after effect of the COVID pandemic, and therefore Biden and the Secretary of Education have authority to cancel a substantial amount of student debt that's outstanding. Not all of it, but a good chunk of it. And that would affect, you know, millions and millions of people are waiting to see the outcome there. And then we have another important LGBTQ rights case, yet again, out of Colorado involving a web designer who does not want to provide services for same-sex weddings, and we could see some standards set there in terms of 
what kinds of businesses have to abide by anti-discrimination laws. Those are the three sort of top line things we're still waiting for. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think that has happened a couple of times over the last few weeks as we've seen these orders come down is that people have been a little surprised, right, by some of the makeups of who's in the majority, who's in the minority, who's writing. What do those dynamics tell you or maybe portend what we might see from these three cases that we still have outstanding? There are others, but these three big ones that we're paying attention to. Well, this is something that we who cover the Supreme Court and editors and so forth have been discussing a lot over the last few weeks because there have been a lot of these unusual alliances. There have been unusual splits. Folks may remember that case about the Andy Warhol paintings where there was a split between Sotomayor and Kagan and it got kind of nasty in the opinions. And people are like, that's kind of weird that two of the three liberals would be going at each other like that. You know, there's also been other unusual alliances. We've seen a bunch of cases where Neil Gorsuch and Katanji Brown Jackson were aligned, which is curious because some people <laughs> might think that they would be at sort of two opposite ends of the Supreme Court. And yet on certain issues, they actually sometimes see eye to eye, maybe for different reasons. The thing we've been discussing over the last few weeks is, is that an indicator that in these high-profile marquee cases that we're expecting to get shortly, the court is going to come up with some interesting decisions and maybe some more moderate decisions compared to last term? Or are they just sort of showing us that they can all get along, and in these big cases, it's all going to come down 6-3 along ideological lines? So I can't really predict one way or the other. I would be surprised if at least some of these big cases we're expecting don't come down on a, an alignment where you've got all the GOP nominees on one side, the supermajority of the court, and the three liberals on the other. But we'll see if that's the way it goes in all of these cases. Yeah. The Supreme Court keeping the drama for the end per usual. Josh, thank you so much. You have a lot of work to do as you kind of figure out, one, see these things happen, and then let everybody know what and why and who. So I appreciate you taking the time. Happy to fill you in and the listeners, Eugene. Take care. You too. And for your schedule today, the House and Senate, they on vacate. They're not working today. The president is headed to New York for the day. And one of the big things that he's doing is one of his, if not first, one of the very few live interviews he's done since becoming president with Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC. He is going to be in her four o'clock hour at the MSNBC studios at 30 Rock. So if you're on that road, you want to leave. You don't want to be there very long. And after that, he has a campaign reception in New York and then another one and I think what you guys should take from this, not just that, you know, on Thursday, President Biden's getting to New York, his schedule is starting to pick up just a little bit. We're not expecting a ton, but you see these fundraising events, you see that they're putting him out there just a little bit. Safe places, right? Nicole Wallace, MSNBC, she asks tough questions, but it's probably not good. It's not a Fox News interview. So keep an eye on that and see if that changes, because that's what we're looking at over here at Playbook. And with all that said, I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening.